0: What is going on everyone my name is andy welcome back to another fpl video and this one is transfer tips for game week eight so i'm going to go through some of the popular players being moved in and out of squads and discuss whether they are good options or not if you enjoyed the video make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already otherwise let's jump into it so let's start off with ollie watkins and no surprise that he's been heavily transferred in after five attack and returns against brighton and that mega haul has convinced nearly 500 000 fpl managers to bring him in this week And we're only at Tuesday. So that's going to increase as we get closer to Saturday's deadline. And look, I think Watkins is a really solid pick. You know exactly what you're going to get from him. He's always going to start. His minutes are generally pretty good. I was a little bit worried earlier in the season that he was going to be subbed off more often than not. But he's just played three back-to-back 90s. His underlying stats are decent. 0.45 expected goals per 90. 0.08 expected assists. And he plays for a fairly good attacking team as well maybe that's actually a bit harsh they're a very good attacking team so there's lots of reasons to like Watkins but just because he's got five returns against Brighton doesn't mean that he's suddenly essential I've had all the some of the usual comments you get after a haul like that he's a no-brainer I can't believe no one had him in the first place and he has been consistent even before the Brighton game but I think the reason that he wasn't a no-brainer is because of his price. Now, don't get me wrong, five attacking returns for eight million is absolutely cheap. But a lot of people have got players like Morris or Alvarez because they've spent extra money on the likes of Trippier. They've got a big midfield as well. It's actually quite difficult to fit in Watkins unless you make a few sacrifices and obviously if he's going to be as consistent as he has he might be worth going for and making sacrifices elsewhere but i don't think he's a no-brainer i don't think he's suddenly essential he is just an all-round solid pick and if you're on wild card it makes a lot of sense to put him in because wolves away in west ham at home look i don't look at those fixtures thinking i really need an attacker for them but they're not bad either And then you've got Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham at home. You can worry about what to do with him from game week 13 onwards. And the answer might be just to hold him for a couple more weeks. So I think that's what Watkins is to me. A really solid pick, but definitely not all of a sudden essential. Like if you look at the stats from that game... 0.98 0.98 expected goal involvement so you'd expect him on a average game to get maybe one return possibly two and he's gone and got five everything fell for him in that game and villa were very good Watkins was very good as well but you wouldn't expect that to keep happening i think it's about setting expectations like it could be that he goes the next five game weeks and only gets five returns total maybe even less possibly even more you just don't know but I think with the fixtures they've got, you would expect him to do really well. And to be fair, he has been super consistent even before that game. So in the previous six matches, he had five attack and returns. So three assists in the first three game weeks, one in each game. He blanked against Liverpool, one assist against Crystal Palace, and he finally got his goal against Chelsea. And he also got three bonus in that game as well. So came away with a nine-pointer. So game week seven was the first time he's hit double digits. And that's just kind of the player he is, super consistent you don't necessarily always expect these, you know, mega hauls, as I would would put it. So, yeah, I don't know. If you're sitting there with Alvarez, for example, like I am, is there now a huge rush to find a million, maybe even slightly more, depending on when you bought Alvarez to get him in? Probably not. Like, Arsenal away is definitely tricky, and it's not a good fixture for Alvarez. But after that, things are okay. And maybe you can worry about Watkins from kind of game week 10 onwards instead. So yeah, I think he looks good. Makes a lot of sense on wild card. Certainly not essential. But if you've got the money to upgrade, let's say you've got Morris and you've got the money to go straight to Watkins, then yeah, he's a really good pick over the next few weeks. I think you just have to be careful about what that stops you doing other positions like midfield and defense. Like For my team, just quickly, like if I wanted him in, okay, I could easily drop Man United players to do it. Or I'd have to drop someone like Trippier. But obviously, that would take a couple of transfers just to upgrade Alvarez. Is that worth it? For a hit? Definitely not. Um, for free? Possibly. But there might be other fires that you need to power as well. Like I've got Botman injured. Uh, Saka's probably going to be fine. But it's Man City at home, Chelsea, where if I want to take a short term pump before wildcard, that could be an option as well. So, yeah, I- I'd love Ollie Watkins in my team instead of Alvarez. I think he is better over the next five weeks. But then he does cost a million more as well. So, solid pick. Probably not essential just yet. Brian in Burma, you were so good to me in the first couple of game weeks of the season. A seven-pointer against Spurs in game week one, a 16-pointer against Fulham in game week two. Did blank in game week three, but another goal against Bournemouth in game week four. Since then, it has been a bit of a disaster. Three blanks in a row, and only one return in the last five games. It's definitely too late to buy him. You have missed the boat at this point. It's Man United away this week, Burnley at home in nine, Chelsea away in ten, West Ham at home in eleven, and Liverpool away in game week twelve. I personally wouldn't be buying him do i think he's suddenly an awful fpl option not really right because he's still nailed on he's still uh, he's still on penalties he should have had a penalty against nottingham forest as well i think brentford were a bit unlucky for that kind of kick on wissa from turner that wasn't given i think in another game that definitely does get given and then he's got another return and maybe you think slightly differently about him so he's never going to be a like panic sell. Where I'm not looking at my team thinking I definitely need to get rid of him, but I certainly wouldn't have him on wild card. And if I had the spare transfer, where I was really happy with the rest of my team, I probably would start to look to get rid of him. It's one of those again where I certainly wouldn't do it for a hit or anything like that. So if you're super frustrated with him, but there's something else you really need to tackle first, I would just keep him in your team. And I think it's interesting because a lot of the comments now are kind of in is a load of rubbish, but also so is the Man United defence. So maybe. He gets a return in this game, or maybe it's Man United that finally get another clean sheet or something like that. Who knows? Um, for me, like personally, for my team, it's probably just to hold him for another two weeks because I'm going to wildcard in game week 10. And I think, despite how poor he's been recently Burnley at home is still a really good fixture and I think a player that's on penalties and always going to be on the pitch for pretty much the whole game always has a chance of getting something so I'm not in a mad rush sell him, but he certainly wouldn't be on a wild card if you watch the game against Nottingham Forest there's certainly some worries there Brentford didn't look good for I would say a lot of the game especially in the first half I think they're definitely missing rico henry i think he's fantastic for them and they haven't really got a great replacement in terms of how they're working it right now and in Burm,o was i feel like these are comments that people make about salah when he's not doing too well he was so wide right it felt like he was hardly getting into the box he wasn't really involved in the game a lot of the time it was i think it was Jan out that was coming forward almost forming like a 4-4-2 uh, especially out of possession and the was just always wide on the right coming back to collect the ball as well i never felt like he was going to score possibly you know an assist because he does often put crosses in take some of the set pieces as well so i think all round he's an okay option but that not if i'd only watched that Nottingham forest game and then had to make a decision about him burmo i'd probably want to look to get rid so i'm at the point now where if you've got a spare transfer and you want to sell him I think it's perfectly fine but I don't think you can be surprised if he gets something over the next two weeks because Burnley at home in particular is a really good fixture in terms of replacements that's really going to depend on how much money you've got to spend like for example a lot of people are going to ward Prowse and wildcard I don't mind him at all despite the comments saying that I'm continually sleeping on him as an option he has been pretty consistent although he has blanked the last two game weeks uh, and I do think he's probably a better option than he was at Southampton. But is Newcastle at home, Villa away, that good? Where you desperately need to get rid of Burmo for the next two weeks? I would say probably not. From game week 10 onwards, West Ham's fixtures are much better. So I don't mind War Prows, But again, I'd do it on wildcard maybe. I wouldn't do it otherwise. And then obviously if you're looking to upgrade, you've got um, players like Madison at Spurs looting away uh, Fulham at home next two game meets if you got stuck with him afterwards as I said yesterday Crystal Palace away is not bad in 10 Chelsea at home in 11 Wolves away in 12 he could even be a longer term pick so it really depends how much money you've got but I think it's perfectly viable at this point to sell in Burma if you want to unless I wildcard, card I will have him for the next two games because I think once you get through that Man United game when you see Burnley at home on paper it's worth keeping for but I'm a little bit worried about Brentford right now that Rico Henry injury has been big maybe the I don't know the toll of not having Tony is starting to show a little bit as well or maybe I'm just trying to find excuses to fit a narrative to think about selling them I don't know but obviously Tony is a big miss which they coped with pretty well early on and maybe that will come back but something's just not quite right at Brentford right now at least from what I've seen and I am worried about in Burma so if you want to sell happy days if you have got a spare transfer otherwise you can probably keep him another couple of weeks I don't know if anyone else is feeling like this who's not on wildcard this week but any player that I'm thinking about bringing in over the next couple of game weeks seems to be going up in price and any player that I'd like to hold on to for maybe a couple more weeks to then sell seems to be dropping. The price changes are absolutely brutal and I'd hate to see what my team value is by the time I actually wildcard. And one of the players that's killing me is Matty Cash and I actually spoke about him this time last week in the transfer tips video. And the graphic said 4.7 million. He's now 4.9. I wouldn't be completely surprised if he's 5 by the deadline, if not 5 by game week 9. He's going to continue to be brought in. He's been pretty consistent. Villa looking great, and the fixtures are decent as well. And I do think he is the best defender to go for from Aston Villa obviously you've got the option of him I would say him Pal Torres, Luca Dean and Konza are the main four that people are going to be looking at right now the problem with Luca Dean is he's actually been really good so far this season for his price but when Moreno is back and he is still flagged at the moment with a hamstring injury he's got 25% chance of playing so we don't know when he's going to be available but when he is back Luca Dean is then going to be a problem the issue we have from an FPL point of view is it could be another three four weeks until moreno is back and luka dean could get loads of points but it's just not worth taking that risk in the long term i'd rather just spend the extra money on matty cash instead he did concede against Brighton, but another assist it was a clean sheet against chelsea uh only a one pointer against crystal palace and minus one against liverpool for the own goal but 17-pointer against Burnley, six points against Everton in game week two, and then actually another minus one in game week one. So he's actually had two minus scores, but overall he has been brilliant. And I was, as I've said before, I was worried about his minutes during preseason because I think there was genuinely a worry that they would play Konza on the right and then maybe Diego Carlos and Mings or, or Mings and Powell Torres as a back three And then have Moreno kind of bombing forward. Maybe even Luca Dean. But with the injuries, I think that has helped Matty Cash's minutes. But not only that, his performances as well have been very good. So he does seem like the most nailed attacking defender in the long run. And he is just a really solid pick. The next five are decent. Like, again, a bit like talking with Ollie Watkins. Do I think... Wolves away in West Ham at home, are guaranteed clean sheets. No, but I think there's a good chance they maybe get one over the next two at least. And then he's got the attacking returns on top. Then it's Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham at home, decent. Spurs away in game week 13, definitely tricky. You probably wouldn't want to play him in that game week unless you had to. But then it's Bournemouth away in game week 14. So I don't think if you bring cash in now, you're worrying about him until game week 15 at the earliest. And even then, if you can hold on to him for a couple more weeks, maybe bench him for a different defender, Mm. they then got Brentford away in 17 and Sheffield United at home in 18, which is going to be a blank game week. You'd love him for that. And the fixtures after that are not bad either. So I think Cash is one of those players that unless he loses his place or starts having reduced minutes or being sub-dirty and stuff like that, look... Things change very quickly in FBI, right? It could be that in three weeks we're not buying him. But I think you could be looking at him for ten plus weeks in your team and you just leave him in there and you just don't really worry about it. And I think he is I think he is at the point where I don't want to say so much better, but I think he is worth paying the extra 0.4 or 0.5 over someone like Pao Torres. Um or Konza just because of that attacking threat like it might get to the point where it's not worth spending the extra because it stops you doing other things in your team but right now I think it is worth paying that if you're really struggling for money then the Aston Villa fixtures are good enough that you could go for a Pau Torres or a Konza instead they seem pretty much nailed on but I think the extra money is well worth it for Matty Cash so nearly 300,000 transfers in this week that is going to continue to climb I would love to get the guy and I might actually get him this week I'm not yet decided I'll talk about that on team selection but I think from game week 10 onwards if that's when I wild card I'm definitely going to get him so good transfer next two fixtures are not too bad after that it gets pretty good solid pick so people keep telling me I'm not talking about James Ward Prowse enough well I don't think people are talking about Jared Bowen enough myself included If it was a straight-up choice between the two, Bowen is definitely where I would go. There is obviously a bit of a price difference there, which you have to factor in. But Bowen is just way more likely to score you a goal, and Ward-Prowse is more likely to get you an assist. And straight-up maths here, goals are worth more than assists, and that is why I prefer Bowen. It's as simple as that. Um, Ward-Prowse is £6.3 Bowen is 7.2 so there is a 0.9 million price difference each of you individually will have to look at your team and see what that extra money could do for you elsewhere different midfielder pick maybe in your forward line defense whatever it is you've got to factor that in with your decisions but if I had the choice between the two and the money for both Bowen is definitely where I'll go and he has been pretty consistent so far this season as well as we'll look in a minute the fixtures for West Ham I think it's a bit like Ollie Watkins fixtures for Villa. The next two would not put me off owning him. I think Newcastle at home and Villa away is okay for someone like Bowen. But the really good fixtures come game week 10 onwards. That's when I'm looking at him. But if you wanted to bring him in now, if you're on wildcard or something like that, or you had a spare transfer and you're looking for a player for the long term, I think Bowen looks excellent at 7.2 million. He'll probably be 7.3 million by the time we get to the deadline. And if we look at what he's done so far... Five goals, one assist. He's absolutely nailed on to start. He plays 90 minutes basically every single game. But the interesting thing for me is they've already played Chelsea at home, Brighton away, Man City at home, and Liverpool away in the first seven games. Four tricky enough fixtures. I know that obviously Brighton haven't kept any clean sheets yet, uh, and West Ham did put three past them, to be fair. But overall, the fixtures could be easier, and that is what they've got coming up. And that's why I'm so interested in him. And he is someone that I'm considering for wildcard in game week 10. And if you look at his goal threat so far per 90, 0.52 expected goals per 90, 0.11 expected assists. They are really decent underlying numbers. And I think a couple of seasons ago, Bowen hit 200 points. So he got 206 in the 2021-22 season. Last season, he couldn't really keep up with that, partly because he got so many fantasy assists. So assists that wouldn't usually be given elsewhere, but you get because of, you know, handball rules and stuff in FPL, Um, but also because his goal threat dropped quite a lot. And that seems to be on the rise this season. Now, it is only a small sample size of seven games, but I think from what we've seen, he does look like a really good pick. If you compare that to Ward-Prowse, and I've not checked that, yeah, okay, it's, it's pretty much what I expected. His goal threat is almost half. 0.27 0.27 expected goals per 90 his expected assist is slightly higher 0.33 so that is basically what you get from the two you pay that extra money because bowen's much more likely to get you a goal i mean you could go for the double up if you really wanted to but if it is a straight up choice between both of them bowen is the obvious one to go for but you've got to factor in that extra 0.9 million it might be that you want salah diaby son and madison which is super popular on wildcard and then you just don't have the money for Bowen, and that's fine. In that case, maybe you do do just go for Ward-Prowse, but I think if we're looking at the, I I don't want to say the word optimal, because people hate it, but if you're looking at the best choices you can fill your five midfield slots with, Bowen is definitely right up there at the moment, so I really like him. Hopefully, he can keep up that goal threat. They've got easier fixtures to come than they've had. He just looks like a solid option. I've said solid pick and solid option a lot, but he is what it is and i'm not going to say anything else all right let's talk about joachim anderson the highest scoring defender in fpl after seven game weeks lots of transfers in this week just over a do i think that he's a good pick i think the answer is yes obviously you've got to set your expectations he's probably not going to be the highest scoring defender by the time we get to the end of the season but i think for his price at 4.7 million he's a decent option now Part of the reason that he's the highest scoring defender is because Crystal Palace have kept three clean sheets already, but it's also because he's scored two goals. I don't expect him to score two goals every seven matches. I don't think most people would. The thing that I really like is Crystal Palace's defensive stats. Now, I spoke about this at the start of the season. I kind of said that someone like Anderson was all right, but he wasn't that exciting because he didn't have a huge amount of goal threat. Bang, of course, he scored two goals. But also, and the main reason, I was a little bit skeptical about whether or not Crystal Palace could keep up the good defensive numbers they had so last year they were the fifth best defense in terms of expected goals conceded 1.18 per match the only four teams ahead of them were Brighton and obviously Brighton have done awful so far Brighton Arsenal Newcastle uh, and Man City this season they currently sit sixth So only Brentford, Newcastle, Chelsea, Arsenal and Man City are ahead of them. And they're at 1.14 expected goals conceded per 90. So very similar numbers to last year. Things are looking pretty good. If we go to the fixtures they've had so far, they've already played Arsenal at home and Man United away. Obviously, they just got the clean sheet there. They have had some pretty good fixtures outside of that. Uh, Sheffield United away, Brentford away, uh, Villa away, Wolves at home and Fulham at home. Although, to be fair... If you look at the fixtures overall three have been away so four have been away in the first seven and one was Arsenal at home so it hasn't been a really hard set of fixtures but it hasn't been easy either so I think it is quite impressive what they've done And looking at the fixtures coming up, you've got Nottingham Forest at home this week. Good fixture, especially when a lot of our defenders don't look great. Even Newcastle ones are away to West Ham. Matty Cash is away. Uh, Udogi's got Luton, but that's an away game as well. So I think Crystal Palace have got one of the best uh, fixtures on paper, at least. The only thing is, you then probably don't want to play him in game weeks 9 or 10. Newcastle away or Spurs at home. So if you are bringing him in, it really is for this week. And then from a game week 11 onwards. So for 4.7 million, he's definitely benchable. But you've got to look at what, what, how many, sorry, if you're bringing in a defender this week, you have to look at which weeks you're going to need them. So for someone like me, who's looking at game week 10 wildcard, if I'm bringing in a defender this week, I probably also need them to play in game week nine. And obviously they've just got a clean sheet against Man United away, which is great. But on paper, you're not expecting one against Newcastle away. So I think he is a pick for someone that really needs a defender in eight or is not looking to wildcard soon, or maybe has already used it. And it's thinking a bit longer term because the fixtures after um, Spurs at home in game week 10 are Burnley away, Everton at home, Luton away, West Ham away and Bournemouth at home. So right from game week 11 to 15, if needed, you could play him in any of those games. I don't think it would be a huge issue. So he is a good pick. But it really comes down to what you need for your squad. For me, if I'm buying a defender this week, it's probably even going to be Dallow ahead of him. I know that sounds crazy, but I just like Brentford at home, Sheffield United away over Forest at home and Newcastle away. But more likely to be someone like Pedro Porro or Matty Cash instead, just because I need someone for eight and nine. But you might be in a different position. I think Crystal Palace's stats looking good again. You know what I'm going to say? He's a pretty solid pick. So people are very frustrated with Estiapena, and he's had over 250,000 transfers out already this week after his minus two points against Aston Villa. And Villa absolutely battered Brighton in that game, especially in the first half. And I've watched Estiapena a lot because I've owned him in FPL quite a lot at the end of last season, obviously this season as well. That is probably the worst half I've ever seen from him. Everything just went against him, and he was hooked at halftime. Now, I don't think we need to panic about his minutes. He's still first-choice left-back. I did speak maybe last week or the week before that Lamptey is maybe a slight concern over Estrepanian having his minutes managed because he can play left-back as well, as we saw against Man United. But it's not made me concerned that Estrepanian is going to stop being in that start in eleven. And I think the fact that he started the last few games for Brighton, including midweek games, is a positive for that. Um, but it wasn't great, and also the lack of clean sheets, Brighton have had none so far, are starting to show in terms of his overall points, I know we say things like, you know, he's a really attacking defender, clean sheets are just a bonus, but they're not, to be a good defender in FPL, you do need those clean sheet points as well, so Esterpenian is uh, on 25 total, there are 19 defenders ahead of him in terms of overall points, including Tim Ream, at Fulham, Luca Dean, At Aston Villa, Thiago Silva at Chelsea, Sofal at West Ham, Romero, Mitchell, Byrne, Walker, Saliba. The list goes on. Some of those you would expect to be higher, but he can't keep going on like this. You do need the clean sheets to start happening sooner rather than later. I think De does need to change something for that to happen. Now, in terms of the fixtures, we knew they had bad ones in 8 and 9 anyway. Liverpool at home, Man City away. I'm certainly not planning on playing him in those games unless I absolutely have to. I mean this week for example if I got if I really didn't want a wild card and I got an injury in my midfield or something like that I could just change that player and play SGP now but that would be a last resort but from game week 10 onwards the fixtures get really good right and there's lots of games that you'd want to play him in And if we look at them on a long-term basis if I just find him here down the list you've got Fulham at home in 10 then it's Everton away Sheffield United at home Forest away in 13 Chelsea away in 14 maybe a little bit more difficult Brentford at home in 15 Burnley at home in game week 16 even after that Arsenal away in 17 that is benchable and then 18 he's got Crystal Palace away so he is a player that as of right now I still want to keep in my team but i am worried about the lack of clean sheets as i mentioned just a minute ago last season brighton were really good uh 1.15 expected girls conceded per game on average maybe some of those numbers were from when graham potter was in charge because i think since the Zerbies come in they've gone big in terms of attack like the increase in how good they are is a lot but defensively they have got worse and so far this season They sit at 1.53 expected goals conceded per 90, which puts them about 10th or 11th, so about mid-table. So they definitely can do better, and I would expect that to happen with the fixtures they've got coming up. Does that mean is not sellable? I think he is. I might even sell him this week because I need uh, to sell a defender that's a bit more money so that I can afford the likes of Poro or Cash. But I think if I was on wildcard this week, I wouldn't necessarily include him. But I probably would think about a plan of how I'm getting him from kind of game week 10 onwards. And I think for anyone that's wild card in later, like nine or 10 in particular, he probably will be in most people's drafts because I look at those fixtures. And I just think someone that attacking when he finally gets the clean sheets as well, he's suddenly going to start propelling right up those um, kind of overall points tables uh for all defenders right now doing really badly but going forward he could be a lot better so i think it's fine to sell him for the next couple but 10 onwards i would think about how you're going to get him back there are quite a few defenders that have good fixtures over that period so he's not essential I just, I just don't think I can go without him. But that's just my opinion. Let me know what you're doing with him and all the other players we discussed in the comments below. If you've enjoyed that video, give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. If you're listening on podcasts, make sure to rate five stars. That is uh, very helpful. right? It does help me out. I appreciate the support. And if you haven't checked out Fantasy Football Hub yet, links in the description below to get signed up. Otherwise, I'll catch you tomorrow for my team selection video. Sports Social Podcast Network.